Hello, hello. What is up, everyone? Welcome to the TSMU Q&A series. I'm your host, Christian Lee. Everyone calls me homie, but you pretty much call me whatever you want just for you guys. Christian, homie, TSM homie, gold one jungler extraordinaire. Uh, take your pick there. I'm the global sales executive, so I'm working with brands being the first introduction, basically. So when brands want to come to us, have a really cool sponsorship, sponsorship, throw money our way, I'm the guy they talk to. Um, in addition, I am your host for today. Um, so I'm very much, very excited to be joined with our extremely special guest, the one and only Thomas Wheely, otherwise known as Wheels. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. We were just talking about it. And I, did, I didn't realize that you also have film experience as well. I do. Very limited. Very uh, Wikipedia. Let me quick search up, see how I scaled by in college before I realized business was my thing, <laughs> faltering down. But I do. So it, it'll be a really interesting show because Wheels is, is, our, uh, is our tech producer on this show, as well as going to be our current host. So it'll be kind of like a play-by-play. -play. It's, it's going to be really fun here. Um, for this Q&A, we'll be pulling questions from our TSMU Discord. So if you have question for Wheels, head over to the discord.gg slash TSMU and ask your questions in the Ask Stream Questions Here channel. Once you've asked your question, join the Waiting Room Voice channel to wait to be selected to join us on the show. Um, while people get their questions in, Wheels, why don't you just you know, give a little bit of intro to yourselves and, and, and tell, uh, talk about your role as a technical producer and editor. Well, hey guys, I'm Wheels. Uh, so. First, to start off with, I am also running production at the same time, so some things may or may not. Uh, hopefully, everything goes smoothly, but uh, just wanted to throw that out there. About a background about myself, um, I actually went to Hallmark Institute of Photography back in 2012, so I have photography experience, and that's actually where I learned about uh, video making. And around that time, in 2012, a show called House started filming with DSLRs. After House filmed with DSLRs, that's what I really fell in love with film is because of the fact that you could use, you know, a very tiny camera and produce amazing content. And then eventually it led up into about 2016 where I, uh, that's exactly when I joined in eSports. And then ever since then, like I've just been doing content, content, content. Now, when it comes to the live stuff, I've been doing live stuff for about a year now, um, especially working with this program. And uh, so my background in the live production has basically just been all just like hands-on learning experience kind of thing and trial and error and see what works, what doesn't work kind of thing. And so, yeah, that's basically all there is to know about me. Yeah, that's funny, actually. That's, see, my, my film knowledge is still back in the old era where you could shoot anything on anything. iPhone, so, gang, gang, let's go. <laughs> you can shoot so much amazing stuff like on an iPhone. You can do an entire documentary on an iPhone and it'd be completely fine. 100%. That's how we low-key power content. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, all right. Let's, uh, let's, why don't we bring in a guest here? I think we... Panda Turtle? Is Panda Turtle joining? Panda Turtle, how you doing, man? Hello. Panda Turtle, how you doing, man? Hey, that is... Uh, is, that, is that... What are the background on the two inspirational animals? Are those your two go-tos? Are you um, more panda than turtle? I'm more panda than turtle, but it came from the Kung Fu Panda movie. That's awesome. I have a turtle. His name is Jamal. It's a little little side fact. <laughs> What's your question, man? Uh, I was curious, when did Wills um, realize that he could make a career um, through like editing and I guess like the live production part as well? Uh, so that was back in 2016 when I was at a photographer. I used to manage a photography studio. I used to be a salesperson. Uh, selling prints to adults. And uh, I could really see the industry, especially back then in 2015, especially at a portrait studio, uh, that where you didn't, you made money, but like it wasn't like, you know, it was enough to live on, but like, you know, not enough to make a career out of. Mm -hmm. uh, so then right after that, I actually joined up with a friend doing film stuff and actually doing sales there and was on set and such. And that's when I really saw that like you, you get more bigger budgets uh doing like film stuff like you'll get like you know your five thousand dollar budget your ten thousand dollar budget and stuff like that so i felt like that was the perfect time to switch is because uh there's always been the uh it always felt like film and stuff had more money to be made in it or like you know you can make a career out of it don't get me wrong with the photographers and such i know but i know you can definitely work on photography uh, and make a living, but it just takes a little bit extra time. Mm -hmm. 
Um, was it scary for you at all, like making that transition? Uh, no, it wasn't. It wasn't scary back then. Uh, my parents were really supportive and they have, they've still been supportive to this day. They still don't understand quite exactly what I do, especially when it comes to the esports side of things. So, um, but they've always been supportive. I just tell them I'm just a, you know, just make videos for a YouTube channel and stuff like that and run like the live production and such. So, uh, it definitely, it, it wasn't as scary. Um, what was scary is when I actually moved from, uh, Richmond, Virginia, which is my hometown to, uh, California the first time. And that was that because I was 3000 or 4,000 miles away from my parents. Um, so it was like harder, like I didn't live with my parents at all. I had to actually figure everything out on my own. Uh, luckily everything worked out, but, but yeah, it's it definitely having the, your parents support is definitely nice. Cool. Thank you for your time. Thanks, Panda. 100% agree on the parents' note. It's a little easier if you don't have to just say, oh, I play games for a living, which I do, but I also make some money on the side, which is kind of nice. <laughs> um, why don't we bring up another question? Uh, Livid Pop-Tart asked, in your opinion, what's more important when looking to hire an editor? Someone with experience but no schooling or someone with an education but little, very, very little experience? That was a really good question. Uh, I did see that question earlier, so I had time to think about this one. Uh, so when it comes to uh, like looking to hire someone, I, we always look at the work. We don't really ask like, hey, did you go to film school or anything like that? We always look at the work and if the work is top tier or it's like something that like aligns for us or it helps elevate our kind of content, that's when it, that's when it comes down to it. And the best way to do that is just to do, just keep doing it over and over again and just try to get the most as much experience as you possibly can because i can tell you this right now going if i look at my old stuff from 2016 i cringe it's just but but like i've learned and i've grown since then um so really it just comes down to not only not only just the experience but it's also about who you know it's also about networking it, it's it it it's very hard nowadays to try to break into esports without knowing someone uh, it, you can, it's just, if you know someone, it's just, it's just networking is just way too good when it comes to that. Um, so definitely getting with other editors and such like that, be like, Hey, what do you think of this? And see if they'll like, you know, help you and such. And maybe they'll, they'll turn around and be like, Hey, what do you think of this? So then when you look at their work, you'd be like, I really like what that dude just did right there. Let me try to replicate this kind of thing. So um but yeah to answer the question i think i think experience over school but uh definitely going to school is de i'm not going to say it's bad but it's really good networking place uh you do learn the bare like you know the really good like lessons to be learned like on set uh you know you get that actual on set experience especially like with you christian uh going going back to your film stuff i'm sure you were on set you were telling me this earlier so like you have that experience so um percent and and i would add to that note not to cut you off sorry wills is basically you know if you if you don't know someone in particular you know you always raise your hand say you do anything for them you know what i mean get bull uh, get brownies coffee whatever it is get on set get that experience if and then you people you meet if they don't know someone directly in esports they'll know someone and it's just going down that trickling and, and just getting down and, and getting out there and helping and getting to know as much people as possible yeah. yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, we got another question from Double AA. What are the main components of production? How do you handle live mishaps slash on the fly issues? Ooh. Yeah, this is a this is a tricky one. Um, <laughs> so, how I handle the how I handle like live situations when something were to go wrong, I just move on. You just, there's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing you can do in the past and stuff like that. I mean, like. Like right now, look, I can go, I can go full screen right here. You know, I can then, and then cut back and stuff like that. But like, do you see how it's such like, you just have to move on. Uh, where is it? I think it's uh, this one. I'll bring <laughs> you back. I'll bring you back, Christian. You just have to, you just have to just move on. You see? <laughs> and um, I'll, I'll bring it back to uh, the live production I did last, uh, last week with House, House Hot Ones when I was running the live production, um, which by the way, check it out. Really really solid piece i really enjoyed it um and whatnot but at the beginning there was a couple of mistakes that i were making and like you just can't beat yourself up about it you just have to just keep going 
uh, especially on the live side, because it's just not at, like you just there's nothing you can do about it. You just have to just move on. Um, but there's also things where you can learn, which is as in like you just have to learn to like fail, if that makes sense. Like you have to you have to make that mistake. So then you tell yourself you're never going to make that mistake again, especially during this show. I know towards the beginning and such, like trying to get all the shortcuts down right, uh, you know, getting the stream deck set up. Um, I was definitely making a lot of mistakes and stuff like that. There's just very minor mistakes, but there was something that was like, oh man, I wish I would have nailed it. It would have been sick. Yeah. It would have been awesome. But you just have to just move on at the end of the day. There's nothing, there's nothing you can do, especially if it's live. Now, post work, that's when you get to, you know, you'll you typically will talk to a producer and they'll they'll give you notes on it. And then like, you know, you can go from there. But like live, you just basically have to just roll with it. For sure. And I bet there's an element of practice, right? You move on, but I'm sure you've obviously going to learn from your mistakes and that's how you sharpen on to make sure the next turn around is as clean as possible. Yeah. Yeah, you're correct. You're correct on that, uh, especially when it comes to um, especially when it comes to the live stuff. I mean, I think for this show, since I'm running production at the same time, I, I think I practice for about two hours just on my stream deck. I have so many different shortcuts down here just in case something was to go wrong. Um Unfortunately, I can't hear audio or something like that. So hopefully audio sounds good. Um, but but yeah, it's just been it's just been it's just been fun to to learn and stuff like that. And it and especially when it comes to live productions, I used to be so stressed during it, like because I used to run everything um, back in 2018, I think is when I ran a, my last live production. And I actually did it with OBS, which is very don't ever do a live show with OBS. It's not fun. Um, but, but yeah, it's just, I've just practiced with it. And there's luckily this program that we use here at TSM is definitely like, it, it's basically just meant to plug and play. And then you just can just build out an entire show. And especially with this show, it's the same thing over and over again. So I have it templatized. So it's just, you know, come in and just go with it. Yeah, he was uh, we were on our pre-production stuff. He's been flexing how he's got those angles all mastered out and perfect. Oh, you want to sure see it? Flex it around. Oh, here is the flex. Uh, there it is. is. <laughs> What's up? So here's here's my setup. This is actually my uh, gaming setup. Um, when it comes to, uh, I have a dual stream PC setup. Uh, my my thing has always been like learning about as much as I possibly can within either the live production space or the streaming side. Uh, so I wanted to learn how to dual stream PC. So I got two PCs and I learned how to do it. So that's awesome. Yeah. We had him clean his room. Everyone. Don't worry. See the custom keyboard there was... as well. Subtle flex. I'll have the sidebar on that. <laughs> How are we talking about? That's a Logitech keyboard. Is that what talking about. Logitech keyboard. There it is. Best brand on earth. Mm -hmm. Question three. We got one from Quid. What are the main things in esports? Es what are the main things in esports video production that are different from other types of video production? Can you say, can you repeat that one more time? Yeah, absolutely. What are the main things in esports video production that are different from other types of video production? All right. All so, right. okay. So I'm going to break this down into a couple sections. One, that's a really good question. Thank you so much for asking. Uh, one, so when you're on real, I'm not going to say real productions, but on other productions other than esports, you have uh, actors, you have hosts. That know what they're doing and you have a bunch of um you know people on set that exactly know what they're doing um so it, it all boils down to the producers director and stuff like that just running the show and hopefully everything runs smoothly um so so that's that uh, the difference between that and esports is there's honestly not that much anymore uh it only becomes down to the host or the actual streamer themselves um luckily we work with amazing content people over at tsm um, who really love enjoy being on camera. So that's always a plus. Um, and that's really the the main difference now, especially at TSM, because like back a couple of years ago, it would just be like one person, one project kind of thing, like shooting editing. But here over here at TSM, we we do like full blown on productions when it comes down to it. So we'll, you know, we'll hire out uh, freelance DPs and stuff like that, or like uh, like you know, freelance grips and stuff like that. So that, that there isn't much of a difference but i think for esports uh but on the for esports on the lower half though um you know on the teams that are a little bit smaller uh they don't have that much of a big of a budget they only have like one content person that's going to be your difference is that, that one person is shooting editing producing uh you know coming up with the ideas 
and like just doing everything. Uh, so that's going to be your main difference between the two. What was the second half of that question? Um, just basically how it's kind of different from, you know, I guess standard modes. So I think you, you think you pretty much covered for that most part. That's really interesting. Okay. I think, yeah. I mean, there's always different niches on scale of, uh, you know, kind of obviously your production yeah. quality. I think kind of preluding to what you spoke about earlier about, you know, you could shoot anything on even on iPhone, yeah, right? Exactly. You know, larger scales, you're going to be kind of on top. Um, looks like we got someone who can join us on voice, Bell Bellum. All right, I'm pulling Bell Bellum. here. How are you doing, Bell? Pretty good. This is so this whole talk is really up my alley. Like I'm really interested in creating content and producing stuff, but it's really intimidating me, um, intimidating for me to like get into it. So my name's Sarah, I use they them pronouns. And so my question for you is, do you you talked a little bit about practicing um, like practicing in terms of creating content and like getting on to the live stream. At what point do you say, okay, I've done enough practice for the day here. It's good. Like what point do you say it's good enough? And what if it's so embarrassing that you don't want to go through with it? And how do you get over that embarrassment hurdle that you have there? Well, I mean, to, to tell you the truth, uh, that's a really good question. I know a lot of people uh, do this, especially when starting out with streaming and such like that on the streaming side. They're like, I need this, 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 and this, and this to go live. Like, honestly, you don't. You just need a, a computer uh, and a microphone, really, just to go live. Um, but uh, have you ever heard of the 90% rule? The 90% rule. The 90% rule is something I live by, when, especially when it comes to content. Uh, anything that I produce now will never be a hundred percent perfect. And that's just what I have to roll with. And that's what, that's what I fully believe uh, when it comes to content, nothing will be a hundred percent perfect. There'll always be that one thing you wish you could change, but unfortunately you just have to just push through and do it. As long as you feel like your work is at 90%, um, that's when you just honestly just do it and whatnot. Um, but I, to answer, to answer your question about, um, when when to just do something honestly just do it like the, at the end of the day like i like i said back like i said back in 2016 i can look at my old work i'm embarrassed by it and that's just how it is that's just the nature of the business when you get more experiences you're gonna you're gonna learn uh you know from your past videos that you've made or especially on the live side you you can especially if you look back you know on the old uh justin tv days like you know soda pop and all those guys like back then like i mean they were making mistakes left and right and they just kept on going with it like you just uh, honestly you just got to just do it yeah and, and, and i think that's that's a really interesting note and i think it's something that i've heard a lot on vlogger podcasts and people in general is if you are obsessed with views impressions and how people think about uh everything you know the least amount of views you get is when it's sitting in your camera roll or on your phone right so kind of getting it out there and just you know get doing something out there is, is a really cool narrative <laughs> Do you ever worry that it's going to leave a bad impression of yourself or create bad publicity for yourself? Like you've done one too many shit posts and <laughs> here you are. Oh, uh, no, I mean, uh, <laughs> well, for myself, for myself, uh, I've always kept it like, you know, professional uh, whenever mm -hmm. I like I, I'm posting on social media and stuff. But I mean, honestly, it depends um, when it comes down to it. If you feel like it, I don't know. This is this is a, this is a tough one. Uh, Especially around like esports and like gaming. Like I feel like there's a lot of memes that go around. So I want to embrace the memes, but also like I've been warned off them too. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's the thing. My name is Wheels. Hi. Um, that's my brand in <laughs> esports. So and that's how everyone knows me. That's how Christian knows me. That's how like a bunch of other people. That's how everyone at TSM knows me is Wheels, and that's my brand. So, I mean, it just depends on what you want to brand yourself as, especially when it comes to social media. That's that's how you brand right there. Like, feel free. I mean, feel free to meme and stuff like that. And to tell you the truth, I'm turning 30 this year and I can't keep up with these memes that you kids are making. No, that's great. Thank you. Thank you so, so much for joining us, Phil. Appreciate yeah, your question. Thanks for my question. Awesome. Awesome. So we got another question from Ash D who asked, uh, if we want to start editing after learning the basics from internet, what courses should we take to advance those skills? So more about courses and, and what you suggest or what you think it's out there that's good for studying purposes and, and getting better. Uh, I mean, look up your favorite YouTube people that edit, especially if you want to be an editor. Uh, they have a lot of great tutorials. Uh, especially when it comes to After Effects. Um, that's actually how I've learned After Effects. It's just on YouTube. Uh, but for editing 
specifically, I mean, there there isn't a lot of resources when it comes to editing, except for just just you know just having that experience and stuff like that. Um, another thing you could do is ask someone who you know also is an editor uh, to help critique your work and like be like, hey, what do you think of this? And you have to honestly look at yourself and be. You have to tell your friend, "Look, I want you to give me your honest answer. Don't don't just be like, hey, this is good. Let me know where this if this felt awkward in this spot, kind of thing." Um, so definitely getting, you know, just getting asking for feedback uh, all the time. Uh, but other courses and stuff like that. I mean, it's just experience at the end of the day when it when it comes down to editing. Um, I mean, we have amazing editors here at TSM. I mean, there's there's editors here that are way better than me and especially and luckily we work in a team environment so i can be like hey i can't do this can you can you help me out here kind of thing just so we can create the a great good product and uh, especially you know asking like hey is this good you should definitely uh ask someone you know yeah that that's awesome i think it's i'm reminded of what my uncle used to tell me where youtube is your friend you know, you YouTube it, figure out how to do it, find the gist of it. And then to your point, Wheels, you try it out, get it in the field. Uh, if that brings somebody on board or learning from somebody, I think that's even better. And that's part of yeah. that networking thing. Yeah. Yeah. And to bounce off and to bounce off that, if someone actually wants to start editing, there's actually a software called DaVinci Resolve. And it's a free NLE, which is a non-linear editor, just like Premiere, just like uh, Final Cut and stuff like that. It's a free, it's a free program. There is a paid version um, from it, but there isn't, too much of a difference between the two and you can honestly just start editing tomorrow boom there you go there's your there's your product <laughs> um awesome so i think we have a, we have another question from our boy the homie quiade um in your opinion what are the three most important things to have in order to have a what are the three most important things in order to have a good stream production what are the three things to have a good stream production um <sighs> It depends on the type of production, uh, especially something like this. We'll, we'll, we'll use this stream as an example. So the three main things that I need to have, I need to have a pretty decent computer um, that can, you know, obviously support a stream. Um, another good thing is a good a production software. Uh, right now we use vMix for uh, live production, and it's a really nice program. It's not like a TriCast or anything like that, but uh, it's really, really solid of what it does. Um, and then the other thing, I don't even know if there's a third thing, maybe a microphone uh, and, and whatnot. I mean, the other, the other thing is just have that idea, I guess, would be the, 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 the important thing to get a good stream production. Uh, oh, a stream deck. There you go. There's a third one. Would be, a, would be really solid. You know, uh, something you can actually hit buttons and stuff, like, you know, do shortcuts and stuff. That's awesome. It all it all starts with the idea. I think that at the end of the day, right? Coming up, brainstorming. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, I used to run a show on OBS. Yeah. Like you can run a show pretty much on anything. You just have to be really good at, uh, you know, practicing that live production beforehand. That's why, um, especially for this show, we have a you know a technical we have a technical meeting beforehand. Just so like, because a lot of people are brand new to the software. I'm just like, all right, let's come in. Let's make sure you you feel comfortable getting into this. And then and and whatnot, and then you and that's when you would typically practice the show. Uh, luckily for this one, it's just a Q and A kind of session. But if it's a tournament kind of show, you would want to you know practice going from casters to observers, and then back from observers to casters kind of thing. So like definitely practicing a show before going live is definitely definitely helps out. Absolutely, practice, practice, practice. That's uh, one of the biggest skills that you can have in, yeah. in anything you do, and one of the most important things to have. I guess if you want to relay it back. Um, awesome. We got another question from Sil Silter. Yeah, Silter. How can one learn inset skills? Sorry. How can one learn inset skills slash technical stuff, camera configurations, menus, lighting, sound, for example, with little to none ex access to those things? I think it kind of goes back to the uh, you know large skills, and you can start with anything. So uh, that's a really good question. Um, I'll start with this story. Back in 2019, I picked up a, a Sony FS7 for the first time, had absolutely no idea what I was doing with it uh, before I started shooting. Um, so honestly, the, the best thing to do is, uh, again, YouTube. Um, there's a lot of different people that have that knowledge already or like are really good at teaching. Um, 
but I think just getting, just trying to get that your hands on the equipment and then learning how to use it is definitely the best course, course of action. Cause that's when you get to learn about like, you know, how do you change the, you know, Iris, how do you, it does this camera have, uh, ND filters, uh, and, and whatnot. So, I mean, this is a, this is a, this is a pretty difficult question. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm actually really happy, really happy you asked this. Um, my honest answer would just be just trying to get the equipment and then just, uh, and then just either looking up it or just, you know, trial and error kind of thing. She'd be like, Hey, uh, let me shoot this real quick. Oh, this looks good. Okay, cool. Let me just try to replicate this or just, you know, just learning, learning like that. Or number two, uh, there's these things called director of photographies who also are really good at cameras. Um, they always look for assistance for on set. So if you want that experience, you can reach out to a, uh, a DP and say, Hey, uh, this is who I am. I, I go to this school or, Hey, uh, I, I would like to learn more. Sometimes they'll allow you to, but um, like come on set and whatnot. But I mean, just asking questions at the end of the day, just asking questions to people like, Hey, how do I do this? How do I do that? Yeah, absolutely. I love these questions. They are, they're getting get, like to your point earlier, they're heavy hitters. Uh, speaking about heavy hitters, we got another one by our boy Quaid. I really hope I'm getting that name right. Otherwise I butchered it about three times. I'm sorry, man. Slash her. Uh, what, what is your favorite thing you've made in esports? What is my favorite thing that I've made in esports? Uh, there's, there's several. Um, I think for the post work side, I think working on or the on so the I have a couple different things that I've that I've enjoyed the onset stuff that we do at uh, TSM. Um, there's there's a couple of projects that we've been working on uh, getting on set and stuff like that. You know, helping out with lighting grips and stuff like that. Uh, the Grubhub stuff that we did back in the day. Uh, was really was really nice, especially on doing on set with that. Uh, number two, uh, I think for the post work side editing, oh man, we've we've produced a lot of good stuff. Or I, I'm trying to think of a good of a good one that I did. I think the chicken nugget challenge with the R16 was really fun. Uh, it was the first time I ever did like a challenge kind of video, at um, especially for TSM. So that one was a pretty good one. Uh, for the live stuff, it was definitely the hot house. I don't know if you t- had a chance to look at it, Christian. But, I have. But I think that's that's the old, that's like the first time that I've been on like a live production where like we had everything go right for us. Uh, and on top of that, like I had so for the for the hot house, that that's been my favorite live production. But I need to. I also need to thank Caesar for running uh, cameras and stuff like that. He was the one that made the cameras look like a YouTube video. Uh, Larry helping him out with their failing producing. And then um, we had a, we hired out a couple other people in Vegas when we were there. So, but yeah, definitely, definitely that one was, that one was more fun to do because that's when I actually got to actually be able to switch cameras with a switcher, which has been a while for. Um, so that one, that, and getting the feedback of, wait, is this live? Like it just looked super solid at the end of the day. I think that that was definitely my favorite live production. No, that's awesome. And those are also great examples of amazing YouTube TSM content. Check out the TSM channel for all of those that Wheels is pointing at. Uh, I was a fan. I don't know if this was something that you were on in particular, but I did like the Among Us uh, content piece. I don't know if that's what's <laughs> one the of the R6 cool ones. One? Yeah, yeah, the one that featured yep. Chewy. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> I was, I was on that. That one, that one was fun. We got to turn that house yeah. into, we had to turn that house into a, a Among Us house. Uh, that yeah. was a lot of moving parts in that one. Yeah, that's funny, and it featured someone from on your content team. So an example of going behind the camera to the front. Shout out oh, the, Chewy uh, if you were watching. <laughs> have you seen the? Uh, have you seen the, the the Pro vs Noob series that we do for the the R six guys? That one, I'm, I am not. I don't think so. No, no. I no, think no. I think that series time, yeah. is. I think that series is pretty good. Is pretty funny. Um, okay. So. Well, yeah. I don't know about you all, but I'm going to check that out as soon as we're done with this. <laughs> um, oh wow, we got another one from Quaid. Uh, how did you How did you come into work at TSM? All right. Uh, so, how I got started with TSM. All right. So back in 2016. There is a team that I used to work for called Splice. Splice 
uh, made it to Worlds in 2016 uh, for North America for their League of Legends team. Um, I was asked to go um, film them while they're in San Francisco. Um, while I was there, that's when TSM was in our group for, uh, I think it was Group C. It was TSM, Splice, RNG, and I think one other team I cannot remember off the top of my head. Um, so that's when I met the amazing Legends director himself, Max Olivo. Um, so, and that's when I met him. Uh, so while I was in San Francisco, that's where I met uh, Max. Um, hopefully he remembers meeting me back then. I'm pretty sure he did. That's actually also where I met Damien, who does stuff um, in the esports scene as well. Um, but doing, doing, uh, so that's 2016. Let's fast forward to about 2018. Uh, there was, I switched from Splice to the Outlaws. Um, so when I was doing content for season two of the Overwatch League. And then eventually I was like, uh, I was, I've always worked alone in esports from like 2016 to 2018. So I was doing everything from shooting to editing to, uh, you know, producing to finding locations, uh, and like just doing everything you can possibly do to create the end product. Um, but I really wanted to work for a team. And so what I did was I reached out to Max and was like, Hey, I was wondering if you were looking for people. And, uh, he was like, yeah, actually we are. So let's, uh, let's hop into a call. We hopped into a call and then. Uh, it turns out like, um, they just, you know, they just hired me, uh, just because it's like, you know, I just saw that the whole networking, that whole networking side, um, and he yeah. saw, and he knew what I was creating in esports. So yeah. Yeah. Max, Max is a true homie. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Love to call out here too, that wheels is a great example of what it means to be a journeyman, right? Like he started off the scene jumped around helping everyone he can look at all these teams that he, these affirmation teams with spice and everyone uh, that he's pushing on. He's just a great example of, you know, it's hard to get your name out there. I totally understand. And sometimes it is, it feels like a, a rut of like, Oh, you got to know somebody, but you know, once you get that first action item or that one or two projects, mm -hmm. that, that ball starts rolling, man, that ball starts yeah. rolling. And it's one of those things that when you get that opportunity, shine, shine, get your name out, get your brand out. That's awesome. Wheels. He's a great example of that. Yeah, I mean, for sure. When it comes down to when it comes down to like just just creating things, like I've been in the esports scene for what what was that? 2016-5. It's going on five years now. It'll be five years like August or around this time. Um, especially back then, that was when like it was the wild west. Especially when it came to video stuff, a lot of teams weren't really investing in it. There, or you had the teams that were investing in it because they had sponsors, and then you also had like you know teams uh, that were like, oh, we actually need video people, but let me just hire this one person to do everything and whatnot so that's where i've learned like like everything it, it, it has come to content that's where i've learned everything it's just basically just hands-on experience um but the thing is i'm still learning um just a couple of weeks ago i learned about a line or how to how to separate lines and on on a computer so i can have virtual cables and stuff like that so there's always stuff to learn and especially i'm still learning there's probably stuff that you guys know that i don't but eventually, like, hopefully I get to learn it and whatnot. So, yeah. Learn it, apply to TSM. <laughs> awesome. Uh, we got something from Jackington, right, who asks, assuming their experience is adequate, what are some qualities that makes or breaks a career in esport production slash broadcasting? Makes or break? I don't want to do the breaks that I'll do on the make side. Um, definitely learning to help out. Uh, you know, don't. I mean, a lot of us in the industry have been doing it for a while now, and I also, uh, I also do it as well. But definitely, just you know, doing, uh, you know, just helping out, like learning where you can like fill in the gaps, and that's always how I've been. That's how I am at TSM. Uh, I'm more of a, I'm more of a role filler. Uh, I mean, I am the technical producer and editor, but I also am on sets as well, like helping out with audio. I'm on set helping out with camera work. I'm on set helping, uh, gripping, like, you know, setting up lights. Um, I'm also setting up on the technical side there. I'm also helping up setting up the cameras, uh, getting them ready and, and whatnot. So, I mean, just learning, getting that experience and such, uh, and then just trying to get it to where, you know, just when you're on set, just, you know, just find where you can help 
and whatnot, ask questions and stuff, or like, what do you think of this kind of thing? Um, but to break it to break into esports, I mean, my biggest advice to break into esports is to find uh probably just start editing your own gameplay if you're if you play video games um that's that's one way to break into it and then you can have that video game experience um and try to make it the best work you possibly can and then you can use that for your reel to get into it but yeah i think that's yeah. it no, no, that's that that makes a lot of sense. And kind of going back to your earlier point of, you know, it might necessarily again not might necessarily break your career or anything, but everyone likes someone that can do everything, right? We like to, I mean, I, I played baseball my entire life, and we like to call mm-hmm. it a five toolkit player, right? So anyone who can literally field all the positions and do whatever, um, you know, I I have like one to two years of film experience, and even though I'm on the sales side, right, I I really can see myself standing up if raising my hand if they need a grip and just helping out in that way, mm-hmm. right? If you're in that production service anything is helpful especially in this industry whereas everyone is grinding 24 7 uh you know anything that any added skills that you can add or any skills that you bring that no one else might have raise your hand do anything right i think that's awesome i think i think that's good starting out but eventually it will get to a point to where you just fall in love with one thing within the production side and then and then become really really good at it um especially when it comes to audio uh, you could be like hey uh, audio is the most important thing within it when it comes to production, but it's the last thing on people's mind when it comes yeah. down to it. But learning, definitely learning audio is a really big one and see if you enjoy that. Um, or definitely on the filmmaking side, like if you enjoy, you know, just working with the camera or even just being a first AD, you know, help focus pulling and stuff like that. So you'll, you'll eventually find your niche, but I think starting out doing everything is going to help you out a lot more because then you'll actually be able to fall in love with something within the production side. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. And for those who don't really know what they want to do, that's, that's how you do it. Try it all. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a we got a question from Ashley again. Uh, do you have any film school recommendations? Uh, and would film school be a great option for gaining experience? I think film school nowadays. I, I'm not. I don't want to say it's obsolete because it's not. Um, I I'm. I went to a trade school myself doing photography stuff. I would not know the photography stuff that I think I would eventually get to the point of like what I know today with the experience that I've had. But I think definitely going to photography school helped get like a, like, you know, a ground ground level, you know what I'm trying to say, right? The ground, like basically a baseline. There it is a baseline. Um, So, and then on top of that, Film school is also really good for networking at the same time because you also have classmates who are also on set with you. Um, so say your classmate uh, you like that you enjoy working with and he enjoys working with you, he goes on to make a commercial. Guess what? He's going to need people for, for production. He may, he may call you up and be like, hey, are you still doing? Hey, are you free this day? Here, here's, here's the budget. Here's what we're doing. Boom. Right then and there. There's your, it's, it's more of a networking tool um, when it, when it for me that's what i think it, that's what i think of it is now um but you do get that experience though i want to harp on that uh especially in school you get that onset experience we have interns for for tsm helping us out on the film side um and they uh they they were telling us that they also get onset experience while they're in class as well so definitely having that experience uh wrapping cables and stuff like that you know helping out pa even setting up cameras running lights uh running the cameras as well and then what film schools would i recommend um i hear full sail down in florida is really is really good their whole film program is uh is really good to look at um on the technical side um when it comes to major colleges i don't i don't know because i didn't go to a traditional school uh i know full sail is pretty good i think the la film school is pretty Mm -hmm. decent and then maybe new york at the same time um If it if it's anything like my school, um, our our uh, professors were also in the industry at the same time, doing uh, their own pers- their own work while teaching us how to do the craft. So like, definitely look at schools that have that kind of like where it's not like a teacher that just teaches, but also is like you know will fly out randomly to go film or shoot you know a cover for uh, Time magazine. 
So, yeah. Yeah. Now, Wills, I love those names that you pulled up because, I mean, so much were catered towards the USC, U- UCLA, NYU's of the world that work, you know, those those trade school programs that you have. They really teach you all those experience. Um, and to reiterate on the networking point, you know, I actually went to Syracuse University for film. Syracuse, shout out, go Orange. Um, but the reason why I'm in esports is because one of my old film school buddies ended up working at Blitz. Uh, and he ended up telling me, hey, why don't you try out esports? And I found my route, even though through business, uh, that's how I ended up. So for sure on the networking point. Um, awesome. We got we got Panda Turtle back on, actually, um, from, a, from a voice caller. I think it's awesome. Panda? How you doing again, man? <laughs> Hello. Hi, you Hello. have a question? I do. Um, I was curious what made you interested in trying to find a more team-oriented job when you, like, where we went out to reach out to Max, I guess. Um, I mean, I think it's just because I was working on myself, like by myself forever. And, and what it came down to is I was working about, I don't know, 12, 14 hour days. And I didn't want that anymore. And I think learning, uh, especially working with a team environment, you get to, there, like I said, there's a lot of people that are better at what they do, especially when it comes to graphics. I hate graphics. I'm not really good at making like graphics. So we have someone who works with graphics uh, who does a really nice job. So then that helps when I'm editing, that helps me out. Um, when it, And also on top of that, uh, being creative, I think being able to bounce ideas off of, like you can start with an idea, but you can also have someone across, across from you, like, like add on to that idea. And then like, you can go back and forth. So definitely working with a team is really nice when it comes to creativity. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thanks for coming on again, Panda. I love these, uh, love these voice callers. Uh, we love to talk with you guys. We're friendly people. We're cool. We're vibing. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Um, cool. We got actually another question um, from Silcher. Um, about work-life balance. I think you kind of alluded to earlier, but how do you balance work from home editing with mental health, uh, considering how easy can how easy time can go by in 10 hours a day? So this this one right now is really hard to answer because normally uh, when it's we're not in like, you know, the uh, you know, COVID times, uh, normally I would go to an office and then come home. Um, but now I have to work, work from home. Uh, so... So how to separate it a lot of a lot of people in the industry uh were love to work 14 hours a day especially on the 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 film side and then not learning to take breaks and or how to do time management time management is so crucial when it comes to uh especially the on the production side you know hey i'm gonna knock this this project out i'm gonna just get to this part in this project and i'm gonna take a 30 minute break um and so I definitely, you know, learning to like, hey, I'm going to edit this this day, edit this thing this day. And then especially and then when it comes to just that one thing that you finish that day, that's when you just, you know, just leave, um, you know, just get off work for the day. Um, but how I separated it at TSM specifically was I would go to work and that's when my day would start. I would do work at TSM. I would get everything done for that day that I needed to do, uh, which would typically take about eight hours to do, um, you know, go to meetings and stuff. And then as soon, as soon as I finished everything I could for that day, I went home and did not work. You know, I went home and I, I separated it that way. Um, a lot of people probably work from home, especially like me. Um, so I actually, I have two PC setups. I have a editing station directly to the left of me. And then I also have my gaming station right here. So I'm kind of trying to get into the mental state of waking up, taking a shower, you know, eating breakfast and then immediately getting to, and then not immediately, but trying to like, you know, get, get to work on an editing station. And, uh, I don't have any video games on that, on that computer whatsoever. I sometimes disconnect the computer from it while I'm editing. Uh, so the Twitter doesn't distract me. Um, but yeah, definitely separating it like that was really helpful. And, and luckily TSM has been really grateful when it comes down to it. Um, but for the, for the mental thing, I think just taking breaks, honestly, like, I mean, a lot of us work on Saturday and Sunday, which is completely fine, but find, find a day during the week to take off, you know, just do nothing that day or do something that you would want to do on that day, on your day off. 
And if that's and that's working on your own personal stuff instead of your companies, per- perfect. Continue to do that. Um, but for me, I think when I take breaks, I'm either playing video games with my friends, uh, watching TV shows, hanging out with my roommates, um, and and definitely just you know putting down the camera and then just you know just hanging out. Hundred mm-hmm. percent agree. And you know, here's the thing: I, it's so easy to just, especially in our field where everyone is just so passionate about their field and everything we do over at TSM. Especially, I, these are some of the hardest workers that I've ever had the pleasure of working with. Um, and it's just all about finding that reset because if you're just grinding twenty four seven, you know. You're going to come up with worse ideas. And I, I'm sure it's especially prevalent for you, Wheels, on the creative side. You're going to hit a wall at some point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I have done the 24 hours. I'll do it if I need to. Um, it's fun because my day will we'll typically start at 9. But sometimes, uh, especially on days like today, I'll I'll continue working, you know, past this show to get the, the show ready and stuff like or get the show ready for YouTube and uh, Spotify, Stitcher and Apple Podcasts. So, um, so my day doesn't end at a specific time. So it's basically whenever I feel like I have done enough work for the day or like I can't do any more work without getting notes back is usually when I'll cut off. Yep. On the nose, on the nose. Um, awesome. We got one from the amazing Allie herself. Let's see, man, you've, you've worked at Splice, you've worked at Outlaws and now you work at TSM. What is it like being, be, what has it been like working with different companies in the esports industry? Did you find there were a lot of differences? So on the esports side, there always is going to be differences when it comes to management style. Some of them, some of them are, you know, more not in your face, but more like looking over your shoulder. Some of them are going to be like more pulled back, like, hey, I trust you. We're going to go let you do what you want to do. Um, but the funny thing is, I've actually learned I've learned more at the next job or I've learned something from my past job that helped me out today. Uh, when it came to Splice, I actually used to run a TV. I used to run a, a Twitch show. And so that's where I learned the live production side, which when the uh, when the pandemic started, we were like, we need to do webcam stuff. And I'm like, oh, I know how to do that. And I raised my hand. I was like, hey, I know how to do that. So it, it brought me back to 2016. and was like, oh perfect i already know how to do this told them exactly how to do it and we just continued working like that um but i think i've gotten really good experience from everything that i've worked with uh starting with like splice and then going on to optic and then uh, and then right now i've learned the most i possibly uh, not the most i possibly can but like uh bringing in rocky uh who is the head of production at tsm was definitely amazing we've definitely leveled up our production i mean christian you could probably contest to this saying uh looking looking at it especially um and he's definitely leveled up our production side a lot of us from the esports side don't have a lot of onset experience but because he uh because when he came on that's when we learned um like he he helped us get on set and such and we he taught us properly how to like you know be on set um and at the same time you know being able to produce that like the very good scripted stuff that we we do here at tsm now that's awesome and even from our side working with rocky is so great there's just so yeah. much context that comes to play he also brings the best snacks and also comes with the best floral shirts just like how you have the best hawaiian shirt <laughs> i wanted to dress up today okay <laughs> and, and, then, and then the third thing about rocky is we always have oreos on set that's just been our thing there's always oreos on set um but no and then and then actually to touch on that that's actually a really good point uh, when it comes to uh rocky didn't come from esports at all he came from outside of esports but he had a lot of experience outside of esports so breaking into esports for him he had that outside experience especially working on movies uh commercials and stuff like that so he was able to bring that into the esports space and that's what a, a lot of people i think try to do at the beginning of their careers they try to like focus in on one thing and what and so um, you know, trying to get into esports that way. I think getting that outside experience right now is going to be your best bet. You know, getting on a commercial stage, you know, do a 48-hour film festival. Um, let's just think of some other some other examples. You know, just doing, you know, just shooting as much as much as possible. Um, and having that outside experience. 
Absolutely. You, if you can't tell y'all, we love to give shout outs internally. We love our TSM fam. It's a family here. <laughs> yeah, well, it was growing too at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we got one from Genevieve. Uh, how would you recommend that other video production aspirants best network, uh, best network to start building up their reputation and networking? Um, all right. Uh, so I'm going to talk about this within esports. One, thank you so much for your question. That was really good. Um, so within esports, uh, there was these things called events that we used to go to uh, back in 2019. Uh, that's where I networked. Um, there always was an after party, uh, especially working for teams. And that's where I've, that's where I met a lot of my friends, uh, was, was definitely there at the events, not at the after parties, but while we're working and then we eventually, you know, okay, I digress. And then, so getting, and that's how I built my network. It's it, the best question people have asked to, to come up to me is like, Hey, what camera do you have? Um, and I'll, I'll explain like, Hey, this is, this is the camera I'm shooting with a Sony a seven S Mark two. Um, and they're like, Oh, sick. That's awesome. And then like, we get to start talking like that. I I've met a friend, a couple friends, um, just, you know, like, you know, all us film people, all us film people love talking about cameras and, uh, production 24 seven, uh, especially at these events. Like, Oh, have you, have you used the new Sony camera or have you used the new, uh, like red or something like that. And like, uh, definitely doing examples like uh like that when it comes to networking it's just going up to someone and just talking with them and as long as you have like a comfortable conversation that's a really good way to network you have any advice for those who necessarily can't get to these industry events um i think especially now with covid everything's kind of online anything to kind of alter that way yeah so when it comes to um Especially, especially now, it not being able to go to events and how to network. Uh, Twitter is a really good place to network. Um, there's a lot of different editors and stuff like that, um, and there are always there are always people asking like, "Hey, um, can you critique my work?" Like I have people all the time that come into my DMs like, "Hey, can you can can you look at this real quick?" I'm like, "Yeah, absolutely." And and some people. And that's just how I've networked, or that's how some people network is they'll ask, "Hey, what do you think of this?" And I'll give them, I'll give them some, I'll give them some um, feedback. Uh, so definitely Twitter. Um, another thing to do is just continue making making your own work, um, especially when it comes to uh, there's this thing called an iPhone that has a really good camera on it. Uh, you can go shoot a short, uh, you know, a short documentary on it edit it and be like, Hey, I shot this on my iPhone. People will be really impressed with it, especially if the end product is really good. Um, but for the, on the video game side, another, a good thing is doing, um, your own, your own video games that you play. If you have a sick play in Valorant, you know, you can edit up a frag movie. Uh, that's actually what, how I actually got started was doing CSGO frag movies back in the day and then eventually moved on to the film stuff. Fraps is that what it is? I don't know if you remember that. Fraps. Oh my god, Fraps! Fraps was so good back in the day. That's how I got my start back in my YouTube fly viewership. I I'm got another one. The quality that you would get from Fraps, oh, was so nice, so good. Unfortunately, your disc disc uh, disc space would like hate you for it, but yeah, oh, so many times. Yeah. <laughs> I got another one. TSMU guys, TSMU, TSMU, TSMU. Great, great place to network online. True, uh, true. Yeah, the spaces like this make it conveniently just for it. So, um, click like, subscribe, guys. Uh, we got one from. We got a couple more. Uh, one from Will. Uh, what prep went into putting together Hot House? Can you talk about how that show got started, how it got made, and any challenges you ran into behind the scenes while making it? That's a really good question. I love. Uh, I love this question because there was a lot of things that went wrong beforehand um, that a lot of people didn't think about um, that would go wrong. So let's start with the pre-production. Um, we were given the idea from Hal or Hal had some stream incentive. It was like, hey, I'll do a hot ones challenge if we hit X amount of subs or or I don't know exactly how the idea came, but it was his idea. It was, it was strictly his idea. We did not come up with this on the TSM side. Uh, Hal came to us and was like, Hey, I want to do this live on stream. Uh, how do we, how do we do this? And we were like, okay, here's how you do it. Um, we're going to come to, we're going to come to where you are. We're going to, we're going to set up in your living room and then we're just going to run the show. He was like, cool. Sounds good. Um, 
immediately after that meeting, that's when I hopped in a phone call with Caesar, our film guy, who was running all the cameras, uh, and then Phelan, who was also helping with producing. When it came to the camera work, I gave Caesar that task. Okay. I gave Caesar the task of, hey, this is your responsibility, or I think this should be what you should do while we're there. I'll worry about the production. You worry about the cameras. So um, doing that. So he, he ran the cameras and then I was running the live production. Phelan helped out with producing. And then Larry, while we were there, was helping out grip, grip wise. Um, a, a problem that we had to figure out was, or I suggested before going to the event or going to his house, was like, hey, let's not set up the day of, let's set up the night before so we have ample amount of time. Um, so we're like, cool. That sounds good. Let's do that. Hopefully it'll only take a couple hours or so I thought uh, it would only take a couple hours to set up. Uh, we were there from six o'clock to about midnight, 1 a.m. Oh. Yeah. So setting that up, that whole black, black, uh, you know, the black, you know, set that we had. Uh, we, we set that up the night before we set up all the cameras the night before. Uh, I had to set up all the production side. We were doing a bunch of tests. And when we got in the next day, we can just fine tune everything. Um, so that was something that was something that was good. Uh, the the fun thing is living rooms aren't that big. So we had to figure out the problem of running all these cables uh, from the cameras into the into the switcher and figuring that out. Uh, on top of that, we also had to figure out where they'd be sitting. So we, had, we went out, got a table. Uh, luckily we had an audio guy there. So that was one thing that I, I suggested was we get an audio guy. He'll, he'll run audio. So I don't have to, cause that, that's, that released something off me, yeah. uh, you know, because these guys are yelling all the time, but I'm also worried about camera work. And then, um, and then other than that, I mean, we got there the day of, and it was like, all right, we're ready to go. There's, there's nothing we can, I think we've gotten as much as we possibly can. We fine tune as much as, as much as, possible to try to try to make the show work and and that was the one thing that was the only thing while we were there we focused on was just doing the show how we can produce the show uh as well as we possibly can and luckily um at the end of the day all the apex guys you know reps snipe down and and how themselves they are really good not only pro players but content creators so it really helped out having those guys um having those guys just be on camera, just like wanting to do it. Um, I think two of them said that they wanted to tap out at number five, but they just kept on going through. Uh, so at the end of the day, it, it, the having the talent there and wanting to do it was really, really helpful. Yep. And yep. Then, it's all about the upcut. Oh, no, no, no. I was going to just say, and then the tear down, I think it took about three or four hours to tear that the whole place down. But yeah, definitely, definitely having a team there where it's not just me trying to figure out everything. And like, we, again, we were bouncing ideas off of like, Oh, what if we do this? What if we do this? What do we put a camera here? What do we put a camera there? So. Yeah. No, it just goes, I think you were telling me earlier, it's obviously powered by those who are passionate, right? And, mm-hmm. and anyone who can bring more ideas and bring more to the table, especially the talent, it only gets better. So that's yep. a cool example of that. Uh, we got one final question before kind of, kind of outro this out. Um, that Lily asked, what, what advice would you give to someone who is looking to get into a role similar to yours? Uh, what advice would I give someone that wants to get into a role like mine? Mm -hmm. Uh, learning everything as much as you possibly can continue learning, uh, especially when it comes down to live productions. Um, like I said, my job, my job here is not just doing live productions. I'm also on set. I'm also doing editing at the same time. Um, and everything that I've done, I've just, it's just hands-on just learning. So I think, I think at the end of the day, if you can just do everything and then eventually move on to something that you're like, I'm going to try to master this one thing because I really love it. But definitely learning everything and continuing to learn stuff. And then on top of that, um, problem solving. Problem solving, especially in content, is the biggest thing you can absolutely learn is how to problem solve especially when you're on set especially when either a camera goes down how to fix it not only that but definitely problem solving like say uh, say like the camera rental place forgot to include a rod 
how do I, how do I, how do I like, you know, Jimmy this up. Um, and so definitely, definitely learning how to problem solve on the fly will work out a whole lot when it comes down to productions and stuff like, especially like doing live productions. Like I, there's been times where I've had to, I've had to shut off cameras um, or like something worse to go wrong. Like I'm, I'm actually really nervous cause I thought my camera was going to go wrong and I was going to have to switch <laughs> to my second camera uh, during the show. But luckily that problem did not happen. And, but like the thing is I was prepared for it. So yeah. I think definitely preparing and then just learning and continuing to learn. And even though I'm getting up in my age, I will continue to learn each and every step of the way. And just, you know, just that's just how I've wanted to continue to grow. Yep. No, that's awesome. And you're growing and aging like fine wine wheels. That is, mm-hmm. that's great advice. Just like everything you've kind of brought into practice, guys. Practice, practice, practice. Practice, practice, practice. Shoot on, yeah. your, shoot on your iPhone. Uh, this, this iPhone right here records really good audio. You can get, a, a, this could be your audio recorder when you're shooting documentary. Uh, we used to shoot that back. Uh, we, would, we would use the iPhone for it, for audio. We would stick it into, you know, the headphone things that these phones used to have. They don't have them anymore, but you can get a, uh, a, a lot for like 30 bucks off Amazon. One of the best audio sources and stuff. So that's something you can do. So like, go gorilla. You don't need everything. You don't exactly. need the hundred You don't need everything. <laughs> just, just, just do yeah. it. If yeah. you have a camera, just go out and shoot. And Why is that familiar? You heard exactly. it here first, guys. Just do it. <laughs> awesome. Well, that about wraps up our show today. I wanted to thank everyone for joining in and viewing uh, for all of our speakers, guest speakers, for all of our questions. They were amazing. and It was great. Real Wheels, thank you so much for joining us. I had a great time learning more about you and hearing your story and everything. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to let everyone know about our next episode featuring our good friend, Duncan Cox, who's the head of social and community for TSM. Uh, That will be on May 26th at 5 p.m. So be sure to follow the channel so you know that when it's live. Uh, And again, please, if you haven't already, join the TSMU Discord, discord.gg slash TSMU. Um, again, thank you so much for joining us, Wheels. It's been an absolute honor. I have been your host, homie, Christian Lee. Have a good one, guys. Thank you so much, Christian, for hosting it. Um, I'll, I'll do the outro here in a second, but my Twitter is right over there. Uh, feel free to message me on, uh, on Twitter. I check it all the time. Uh, if you want me to critique something or if you want to ask questions, feel free uh and whatnot or even in this discord you can at me i'll I'll, i continue to look at this discord but you have to at me because there's just so many different channels in here i'll answer any question you like so uh with that said we'll go ahead and uh roll the outro i'll cut these mics off and we'll go and get out of here christian